Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hey, welcome everybody. All right, but today we are getting a little wonky in diagnosis, but it's important because we're going to be talking about what are called Category A uh, personality disorders, and those have to do with schizoid personality, schizoid, sorry, the paranoid personality, and the schizotypal personality. All of these are in one category because they share a lot of their symptoms. However, they're very different in how they present and uh, how the person operates in their life. It's it's interesting. Uh, most of these folks can work. Most of these folks are functional. Um, unless they have another diagnosis that lays on top of it, like maybe depression or bipolar or something like that. Uh, but most of these guys, you'll see them out in public. You'll see them functioning in one way or another. Uh, many of them don't like people. Uh, they don't like to be around people. And so, in a sense, these disorders uh, are, are propagated by fear. And, and they're created out of fear. And they operate out of fear, which is an enormous amount of anxiety to have to live with, to be living in fear all the time, to being uh, limiting your life to very, very uh, small decisions and no spontaneity. Um, I wouldn't call that living. I'd call that coping. And, and it's sad. But there are some people that just are so ingrained in these thought processes and have justified them so much that basically they they become these diagnoses and that the, they lose who they are as a person. Uh, you know, personality disorders are very interesting because most of them are environmentally caused. Now, there are genetic components, especially if it's run in the family before. But primarily, a lot of personality di- disorders are, are created in childhood and have a lot to do with the people you you are raised around. They have a lot to do with the way you're parented, the amount of attention you received, how safe you felt as a child. And and quite frankly, babies when they're born, the first thing they do, and and that's why they're so alarming with their crying and and temper tantrums and all that kind of stuff, is because they're they're basically testing to see how safe they are with their parents and how responsive their parents are to them. Safety is the primary requirement for all of us to function in our lives. And the safer we feel, the more our brain evolves and the more our intelligence can evolve. Because when you feel safe, that means you have a chance to become who you are rather than live defensively. Unfortunately, people with personality disorders live in their defenses and that becomes once again who they are so what is a schizoid personality disorder well you know it's a pattern it's a pattern of indifference to social relationships and and it basically it has a limited range of emotional expression and experience people that have this disorder rarely feel that, that there's anything wrong with them But the disorder manifests itself by early adulthood through social and emotional detachments that prevent people from having close relationships. So people with it are 
able to function in everyday life, but will not develop meaningful relationships with other people. They're typically loners and may be prone to uh, excessive daydreaming, as well as forming attachments to animals. And they also may do well in solitary jobs, like working at night as a guard or something like that, where there's not a lot of people around. Uh, others would find it intolerable to be around other people. So there's there's a lot of evidence that indicates the disorder shares an underlying genetic architecture with schizophrenia and social withdrawals characteristic of both of those disorders. So critically, uh, crucially, you know, People with schizoid personality disorders are in touch with reality, unlike those with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder. Now, schizoid personality disorder is a, uh, 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 oh, excuse me, a paranoid personality disorder. The hallmarks of this personality is distrust and suspicion. So, people who exhibit constitutional paranoia, that means constant paranoia, do not normally confide in other people and frequently misread other people based on their paranoia. So they redefine uh, statements and, and their behavior is usually um, malevolent. It it's, it's, it's doesn't have a whole lot of uh, flavor. Um, they, they just don't like... Uh, they don't like a lot of persistency. They don't like somebody paying attention to them. That makes them feel suspicious of other people. A paranoid personality disorder person is always suspicious of others. So they basically think that others are out to threaten, to betray, to exploit, or harm. So they live in a lot of conspiracy theories. And so the and usually they use media and television and whatever uh, stuff they do research or whatever they they look at all that stuff and they basically make a story out of it of their own and that manifests into the way they see the world is through the stories of what happens out there in the scary world and then they bring it into themselves they integrate those ideas those thoughts those those relationships on television and they basically integrate that into their personality. So they, they really distrust um, and, and they harbor a lot of suspicions for a long period of time. So, you know, let's look at what a schizoid does. Well, you know, a schizoid, once again, it, just looking at it diagnostically, it, it, they do not desire or enjoy uh, close relationships. They, they're aloof. They're attached. They avoid social activities that involve significant contact with other people. And usually, they're, they're, they choose solidary, solitary activities. That's the biggest thing about them. They have little or no interest in sexual experiences with another person. They, they truly lack close relationships other than with immediate relatives or people that they simply have known for maybe since early childhood. They're usually indifferent to praise or criticism and they show a sense of coldness or a detachment or a, what's called a flattened affect. That means they, they're just kind of ambivalent. Um, you know, apathy is, is truly what they display in many ways. And, and so they don't take pleasure in few or any activities simply because those activities would require them to actually enjoy something. <laughs> and so these kind of folks, the, the causes, just looking at it, is really not known. But 
with the schizoid personality, it does occur in families of those with illnesses on the schizophrenic spectrum. So that basically there is some susceptibility to having this personality just because it's run in your family. And so, you know, medication for a schizoid personality, they're, they're usually uh, not recommended. However, they do have panic attacks, like if they're in a grocery line or a bank line, uh, that drives them crazy. Uh, if they're stuck in traffic, that drives them absolutely bonkers because, in a, in a sense, they feel they're entrapped. They feel something's going to happen outside of their control, and they simply cannot stand not being in control. And so uh, that thought disorder generally leans itself to a lot of anxiety or panic attacks that associate with it. And so many times they get medication for anxiety to help them because there are some that can truly uh, uh, help them calm down immediately. You know, individual therapy that is successful it's not going to be uh, – it's going to be a trusting relationship, but having a person like that in therapy for a long period of time is really not recommended. It's better to do uh, – if they're going to have mental health, to have it be more solution-focused because these folks could be in therapy for the rest of their life simply because if they form an attachment – of some kind with a therapist, that's success for them, which is a good thing. And it doesn't mean that they can't break out to some degree from the disorder. It truly means they can if they have the desire to do that and if they recognize they have the problem. But like I said, most of the time, these folks don't see themselves as the problem. They see everyone else as the problem. And so with that schizoid type of personality, um, they form a relationship with the therapist and that trust, that bond uh, usually will be something that they anchor themselves on as a success outside of their relatives or, or somebody that they've clung to for, for a long, long time. These schizoid personality people are also, when someone has been deemed trustworthy or safe, they are very addictive towards that person. That means that they, even if the person does rude, horrible things, they will tend to put up with it. They may not like it, but they won't tell that person and they won't confront that person because they want that relationship. And so they'll look past all the flaws of that other person just to have that relationship in their life because they don't want to have to go out and recreate relationships. That's just one of their biggest fears. Now, what is this schizotypal uh, personality? Now, this is the differentiator with this one. They do carry what schizoids have, which is little pleasure from interacting with other people. But the schizotypal people manifest strange beliefs. They happen to believe in aliens and witchcraft. Now, I'm not saying all of them do. I'm saying things like aliens, witchcraft, uh, possessing a sixth sense or a sense of power that other people don't have or being able to read things other people can't see, be able to see things that other people can't see. So they do have some uh, delusions in, the, in their making. And they usually have, once again, they're, they're usually more conspiracy-oriented, just like the paranoids, but they, they generally have discomfort in, in social situations. So their beliefs are often odd. They have a strong fantasy life. They're usually very preoccupied with that fantasy life and their beliefs. They also usually have an odd behavior or appearance. Um, they don't set the standard on other people. These are not people that are going to just uh, fit into society and slide behind 
everyone by by being uh, you know vanilla looking. They're gonna they're not gonna try to 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 uh, you know meet the Joneses. They're they're basically going to try to define themselves through their fantasy life, through their beliefs, and that's how they will color themselves in. They also usually have an odd sense of speech. And so that means they may talk to themselves. That may they means they may have a different pacing, but they don't usually don't mirror other people. They usually don't have that sense of empathy where they can connect with other people. So the, what they tend to do is just project the way they feel. And so that's how they communicate. And the rhythm that they speak with is based on how they feel. And it has nothing to do with taking the temperature with other people. So that sense of connectedness, they just don't read the room very well. They think they do, but they don't. They also have usually suspiciousness or paranoia. And so they don't trust people because they know they look different. They know they act different. Underneath all this, they kind of know that. And they know that people don't always accept them because they're odd and eccentric. And and other people just don't understand. They just don't believe what they believe. And that's okay for them. And so basically, this type of a personality... Um, can work, can function. They're just odd. And, uh, and it doesn't mean that they're not intelligent. A lot of them are. It's just, unfortunately, they, they've developed that schizophrenic type of a personality that uh, is, is hard to get along with, and it's hard to deal with. Um, you know, as with all personality disorders, it, it, there, once again, is really no, oh, that's how it happened. Um, there are, uh, once again, prenatal risks when, when schizophrenia has been tied to their genetics in one way or another. But uh, the biggest thing about the schizotypals is they often gravitate to drug use. And that's usually a contributing factor for people already at risk of developing the disorder due to you know that genetic predisposition. These folks oftentimes have addiction. And... Uh, they they self-medicate. And so a lot of these people you will see can be functional, but then they get lost in their coping skill, which is drugs or alcohol or whatever their choice is. So this schizotypal patients, they rarely initiate treatment for their disorder. They tend to seek relief from for depressive symptoms. That will happen sometimes. And some people may be helped by anti-psychotic medications, uh, but therapy is preferably most with this type of a personality because the characteristics of the disorder can't be altered uh, for those with moderate to extreme cases. Therapy aimed at helping the person with the disorder establishing a, a solitary, satisfying existence is really more of the type of goal you go for with this type of person. Uh, they, they, uh, uh, once they have, have recognized that they have something really, really wrong with them, it's much easier to treat them. But once again, the ones that are moderate or extreme, usually uh, they're, they're functioning in a very limited life or they're functioning on the streets or uh, they, they uh, are maybe functioning in a job that is single function only. It means that it's, they, they're hired for a certain thing, and they do that extremely well, and uh, they're awesome and experts at that kind of stuff. They can uh, support themselves with that kind of a lifestyle. Uh, you don't really find them having a, a, a nurturing, wonderful um, relationship at home. But many of them uh, do get married. Many of them get divorced. 
And uh, so, you know, they're out there, they're functioning, uh, they may be attractive or not attractive, they may be interesting, but uh, they're really on the long term, it's the kind of personality that you're going to have a hard time having a good relationship with. Now, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to break out the paranoid personality, and then we're going to talk about the sense of addiction and how it plays into these category A uh, personality disorders. So come back. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, Decide that you have something to say and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about this schizoid personality, this schizotypal personality, and the paranoid personality. Once again, these are category A in the DSM-5, the category A diagnosis of of, uh, uh, personality disorders. That means they're the most frequent. Um, You know, paranoid personality is what we're coming to right now. And I got to tell you, you know, this one is a very functional uh, diagnosis. It's a very functional personality disorder, but it's very chaotic, and it's got a lot of conflict involved in it, and these people's life is never peaceful, and anybody that lives with them, nothing is ever peaceful. And so, it's it's kind of a crazy disorder, but uh, people that have a paranoid personality, you got to, let's break it out and see what it looks like. We talked about it earlier a little bit, but basically, they have a pervasive distrust and suspicion of other people 
and but it's to the extreme that their motives are interpreted as as uh, bad, uh, and so the whoever they're they're targeting, it's they're always interpreting that person to an extreme, and beginning by usually early childhood and uh, in a variety of contexts, uh, usually uh, four or more of what we're going to talk about this thing uh, really comes back and it comes forward and, and this diagnosis uh, becomes uh, suspecting without sufficient bi- uh, basis, without any real facts. Others uh, are exploiting them or harming them or deceiving them or her. So th- they oftentimes really get obsessed on these paranoid delusions. And it's usually preoccupied with unjustified doubts about the loyalty or the trustworthiness of their friends or their associates. And they're usually reluctant to confide in others because of uh, they, they, they have a fear that the information that they would give would be used to basically turn back against them. And so they oftentimes will not communicate except for with people that they have uh, a sense of trust with. They usually will not uh, communicate their ideas. You know, they, they usually read uh, off-the-cuff remarks or events as demeaning or threatening. Um, they usually, uh, they persistently bear grudges. They, they usually have, uh, if, if, if there is insults involved, if there's injuries involved or slights involved, their capacity to forgive is just not there. They will hold that for the rest of their lives. These folks, they perceive attacks on their character or their reputation, and it, it's, it's, it's not apparent to other people. And, and they're usually very quick to react angry or to counterattack in, in sub, subversive ways or in very obvious ways. And so uh, that's one of the ingredients of a person with that. They, they um, you know, it, it's not going to be schizophrenia. It's not going to be a bipolar. It's not going to be a depressive dis- uh, disorder with psychotic features. But, but it, it is a, uh, a diagnosis that is very strong in its philosophy of people and life. You know, they, they may be a, usually, uh, you can tell later in their teen life, if, in their, if they're moving towards ad, their, their adult life as a personality disorder, you can tell usually from 15 to about 18, that's when they start uh, really getting into their own personal thought process and their conspiracy theories. Um, now, what you may not know is that they have to be 18 to be diagnosed. Any human being has to be 18 years old before the diagnosis of a personality disorder can be uh, put on that person, and not that you would want to put that on someone, but you know it's good to know what people are or what kind of what kind of area they are, because the more you can refine the treatment and understand what's going on, the more you know how to treat it. Number one, and number two, if there's medication involved, it's much more exacting and accurate if you have a really true good diagnosis on a person. Um, you know, and once again. This is all about helping them. This is about helping their life and trying to help recognize and them recognize what's going on and also recognize that something needs to be done. And and that's important. You know, the people that live in these folks' lives, are, are it's, it's torture because you just can't convince them to get outside the box of their distorted view of personnel of people and society. 
You know, there are many effective treatments for par- uh, paranoid personality disorder, unlike the others. Uh, but, uh, you know, a mental health uh, professional that does cognitive thought process work is usually someone who can uh, get underneath the disorder and help them discern between what reality is and what their reality is. And so it's it's kind of helpful to be able to have a place if they can find a good nurturing relationship with a good calm therapist, then that maybe, maybe there's a possibility that they can see more than just one side of the coin. And that's what we hope for when we're doing this. But medications uh, are mostly discouraged. Uh, they usually have a, an adverse effect with increased paranoia and suspicion because these people are highly taking the temperature of everything that's going on in their brain and their body. They do not want their brain to be messed with. They don't want to take a medication and they freak out and they form uh, somatic symptoms based on, uh, and that means false symptoms or, or maybe uh, symptoms that lack uh, the ability to truly say that's what it is. They, they usually form some type of symptomology uh, towards the medication so they don't have to take it. Um, you know, Psychotherapy is usually the best if they would submit themselves to therapy. Now, addiction is another thing that the schizoid personality disorder and the schizotypal personality disorder often uh, share. They, they're, they're once again the schizoid is not detached from reality, only from social relationships. They are less likely to form an addiction, but they do form addictions. Uh, if they get too caught up in their own little world and it's so safe for them that, that they can hide the addiction also. You know, they usually have a hard time expressing their emotions and that is why many people get addicted because they don't understand how to work through their emotions. They have a hard time understanding how to function in their emotions and they have a very low EQ, which is your emotional uh, intelligence. Uh, A lot of these folks avoid conflict. They don't want to have conflict. So the schizoids, the schizotypals and the paranoias, uh, once again, they are susceptible to to addiction simply because they 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 have a lot of uh, avoiding of their emotions and they don't want to have to express them and so that that sense of addiction gives them a way to to escape you know people with a schizoid personality they're generally uh uh, uh lack that social interaction that what helps us all you know if we don't have a lot of social interaction we don't know how to help people that we they don't know how to help themselves they're caught up in their own little world and nobody is seeing from the outside looking in and so uh due to that they don't have any way to take the temperature as to what is normal and what is not because they don't have those desired relationships so they usually have a lack of social skills. They don't ask a lot of questions of other people. They're not really curious about other people. And uh, they also lack the desire for intimacy or friendship. Now, it's not that they don't want. It's just that they generally, if they're going to have someone in their life, it's very hard on them. And it takes a lot of energy. So few, they have few friends. They date very little. And very rarely do they marry. So, you know, this uh, schizoid uh, personality is uh, basically pretty flat, and and they don't find pleasure in many activities that other people enjoy. Uh, Usually their life is through television, radio, podcasts, whatever, 
because it's not in their vicinity. It's something that they don't have to deal with. They can just choose to watch it. These addictions, excuse me, these uh, personality disorders also all have the sense of needing a lot of control in their life. And so they will either detach from people simply because they don't want to have to factor in other people's opinions, thoughts, actions, whatever. They don't want to have to interact with that. They don't want to have anything to do with it. And so that coldness is a sense of simplifying their life so they don't have to focus on anyone else. And so empathy is not... Uh, which is a very sophisticated emotion, is not often a factor with these personality disorders. You know, anti- uh, anxiety and depression is also something that really comes with this uh, type, these schizotypal disorders and the paranoid personality disorders uh, because their life gets kind of boring and it gets kind of flat. And so they don't have a lot of options. And it's not It's not that they don't want to have close friends. It's not that they don't want, they just don't want the burden of it. They don't want the conflict. And so, you know, they they usually fall into some kind of a drug addiction or they'll quit a good job because, you know, it's, it's exposing them too much to their personality too much to other people. So they don't want that. They, they don't want those attachments. Now, animals, it's different. They can form relationships with animals and objects. That, that's a big deal. And by the way, a television is an object. So, <laughs> but they also create a relationship with addiction. So they use the addiction to eliminate the need for human interaction, and they basically will hide behind it uh, as much as possible. So, you know, a lot of the percent of people... Uh, seeking services for for drug addiction uh, and alcohol addiction have personality disorders. That's usually a huge factor in, in involved in addiction in itself. Now, you know, helping a schizotypal personality is is uh, you know many people with that personality expense uh, you know co occurring medical health conditions usually anxiety, usually depression. And so that that's not an attractive feature. <laughs> and it's and it's high maintenance. It's a lot of maintenance. And they are always right in their point of view. They're always right. And so you're kind of stuck with a non-negotiable person. So if you have a loved one with schizotypal personality, they can be very exhausting. You know, because those personalities, they often do not make friends, family members, and, and, and other supports available. Parents especially may want to know how to help their kid with a schizotypal personality, so they find themselves gravely disappointed by the responses they receive. Once again, because you can't medicate it. And number two, they don't think anything's wrong with them, so going to therapy is not going to be something they're going to be doing. You know, if, if you have a loved one in your life with the schizo or you yourself um, have a schizotypal personality, well, you want to take the time to learn about the disorder and develop understanding. And then you can encourage that person to seek treatment. And it's unusual for someone with the disorder to seek unless they're urged to by someone that they love or loves them. So, you know, despite trying to sound familiar, schizotypal personality disorder and schizophrenia are not the same. 
Many base their assumptions about schizotypal personality on their understanding of schizophrenia. So when supporting a loved one, it's important not to have that kind of a conception. It's got little ingredients in it, but it doesn't have what schizophrenia is, which is a delusional life. Uh, unless the, the people with schizophrenia, they need medication desperately to function. It's just the way it is because their brain is so malfunction and it's got so many misfires going on that they really have a hard time just getting through the day without living in their own little world. But people with the schizotypal personality can function. It's just they're weird. They're, they're out there. They're, they've got their own beliefs once again. So, you know, while it may be tempting to control the life of someone with a schizotypal personality, ultimately, it's going to probably backfire on you. Additionally, avoid trying to fix someone's problems and intervene in the situations as important for the person or believe in their ability to handle the difficulties. That also can be a setup for failure because they may actually need help to function. So it's hard to know with that personality type, where do I fit in and where do I don't? What do I watch out for? What can I watch out for? So, you know, it's really important that a personality disorder of any of these, schizoid, schizotype, or paranoid, it's really one of the common things that they totally respond to and they totally love is a sense of achievement. And if you can give them that, you're going to have their ear. If you can give them a sense of achievement somewhere in their life and recognize that, not to the world, recognizing it to them, that is very, very important to them because they want to also have what's called a meaningful life. You know, uh, there's a lot of challenges and responsibilities for someone who loves a schizotypal personality person in their life. You know, rather than attempting to simplify their life unnecessarily, you, you want to have a positive relationship and help them sustain themselves. And so better treatment outcomes for that is having the family engaged in the therapy process when appropriate and also having the family have therapy for themselves to help them improve that relationship with the schizotypal personality. So we don't just treat the schizotypal, we want to treat the family that has to interact with that person also so they can work better as a system. And that is the goal when you do family therapy with these kind of folks. You know, you do absolutely want to avoid enabling behaviors for a person with a, a schizoid typo or a schizoid personality or a paranoid personality. You want to offer positive reinforcement for well-handled responsibilities. You want to give reassurance that they're worthy of love and friendship. You also want to, you know, offering to drive them to therapy appointments is not a, a bad idea because that's going to guarantee they get there because usually they won't on their own. And also, it's helpful to regularly ask how they're doing to show interest in their life. You know, they're most frequently uh, treated using uh, psychotherapy, talk therapy, some medication. You know, therapy, it's really good to have a trusting relationship. That is an anchor for a person like this. And uh, unfortunately, many times, the only thing that can be truly treated, besides having better coping skills is the anxiety, depression, or the psychotic episodes that may come along with this kind of a disorder. Now, paranoid personalities, wow. You know, it's truly the fourth most common disorder in the United States. 
I'm not sure where it goes through the world. I don't think there's been studies around the world. But in the United States, this is the fourth most common personality disorder. And boy, if you would just look at how our media works these days and, uh, we're, and look at how politics is these days, it just feeds this kind of a personality. It feeds it. It's, it's fuel for the fire. And it reinforces it. And, and they, they, it just makes it 10 times worse. And it, it's so sad, but that's the way the state of our, our uh, uh, communication is in this day and age. You know, having a paranoid personality elevates the risk of developing substance abuse and significantly uh, impacts the ability to trust, uh, including family members, including friends, including their own children or, uh, or, or siblings who might be trying to help them. And so people that have this disorder, this paranoid personality, they're usually likely to struggle to develop any kind of network. And so, you know, as opposed to treatment, they, they usually benefit from the paranoids, at least, from targeted interventions that challenge their distortions. And it helps them establish more trust with other people, especially if they can validate that that distortion was truly a distortion. Now they begin to break the crack open and you begin to attack the paranoia and they begin to see paranoia in their personality. And by seeing it and understanding it, then they're able to adjust it. That doesn't mean they're going to get rid of it, but they can adapt and they are the most treatable uh, diagnosis of all the personality disorders. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk a little more about the paranoid personality. They're going to move on into talking about what you can do if you have these kind of people in your life to help yourself and take care of yourself. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, 
joy and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about... Category A diagnoses of personality disorders, which is called the schizoid personality disorder. The schizotypal, don't mix it up with schizophrenia, the schizotypal personality disorder and the paranoid personality. Right now we're talking about the paranoids and what are some of their behaviors? Well, you know, usually they're very tense people. They're just super intense they're super tense too. And so they're really not easy to not easy to be around. They also have uh, it's like walking on eggshells all the time. Um, if you're around them or if you are them. Uh, they also have uh, difficulty admitting being at fault or wrong. And, and so these folks show coldness or a lack of emotion. Doesn't mean they don't have it. It's just that's how they present themselves is very cold uh not not really engaged with other people. They usually are withdrawing almost entirely from social contact with other people unless they have to to survive, which is the, really the only reason why they would want to be around other people. They also ex- engage in excessive tracking, recording, or policing type of behaviors. So they love to just get involved in tracking, recording, policing, and they will just continue and continue and continue and obsess on that kind of stuff. They also exhibit a short temper, and they overreact to minor and perceived slights. Uh, This is a big problem with this kind of a personality. They also um, will confront people in person or over the phone, usually over the phone or over text, these days, but uh, confront people with accusations of betrayal, and they will do that. And and so, you know, if you are looking for signs that this person is a paranoid personality, uh, it's often more apparent to somebody outside than somebody on the inside, somebody that actually has it. They, The people on the outside, it's like, that person's a pain in the butt. And you know what? It's amazing about personality disorders. If you really are an intuitive person, if you really listen to your own voice, you will find that if you go into a room, a party where there's lots of people, your instincts will tell you what ones to stay away from. And usually those are the personality disorders. That's another way that you can actually read it. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be good for everybody because not everybody's in tune with their instincts, but you really truly can read that person's got a personality disorder, stay away. Um, Some people will listen to that. Other people will find it 
amazing or amusing and they will gravitate towards it and then they get too close to the fire and they find it's way too much energy to sustain any kind of relationship with that person. You know, uh, people quietly suffer from symptoms of paranoia and, uh, and they only usually signal their paranoia to others with subtle signs like a clipped speech or, or glances some sense that others won't believe them. And so they work really hard to keep their suspicions hidden. And then once that they're exposed and they expose their paranoia, then what they do is they try to justify it. And that is enormous amounts of research, policing, all that activities will take place so they can reaffirm their their point of view. And so uh, many people will shape that reality so they're just so caught up in it that that is the only reality they can see. Um, and if you look at people with conspiracy theory thought processes that have that paranoid personality, it's really interesting to engage how far they will go to prove that they're right and you're wrong because they feel insecure because their paranoia has been exposed. Their ideal, pro- their process has been exposed and now they have to justify it. And so they'll go on and on and on and on to do that, to, to prove to everyone that they're right and you are wrong. You know, if you're going to be uh, diagnosed with this kind of thing, there's some ingredients they have to be somebody that's usually reluctant to confide in others due to the fear of betrayal. They fixate on their doubts about others' loyalty and their trustworthiness. Usually, they're always with the partner. God forbid you're the partner of a paranoid personality because they're usually accusing the partner of sexual or romantic infidelity. The insecurity is enormous with people with personality disorders. And so, you know, they hold on to grudges. And so they refuse to forgive even minor insults or slight. That's a part of a paranoid personality. They also perceive demeaning or threatening meanings and and neutral statements or events. Uh, They inaccurately perceive hostility in others. And they usually make quick, aggressive uh, counter reactions. And so, you know, you just can't explain it, but that is the finger. That's that's the finger that is usually on top of this disorder is those factors. And so, you know, estimates are that if people in the U.S. have have uh, uh, paranoid personality to the degree of about four point five percent of our population in the United States, and uh, you know, people are usually with that disorder. Two to ten percent of the people that have it may go to treatment of some kind of mental health or outpatient. And also, uh, among psychiatric inpatient units, ten to thirty percent of people with paranoid personality are among that population. You know, ten percent of the people receiving treatment for alcohol use are have usually a co-occurring paranoid personality. Disorder. Paranoid personality can cause constant stress and drive people to limit that support system. And so they turn to addiction and abuse, and all, and all of a sudden, that becomes the person. Now, there's also usually a co-occurrence of other uh, 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 disorders. Yes, there is something called an avoidant personality disorder. Yes, there is a thing called a social phobia. 
And those disorders have a lot of the same ingredients of these three other disorders, the schizotypal, the, the schizo, schizoid, and the paranoid. And so, uh, you know, a person with social phobia is very afraid, and this is what's different about it, they're very afraid of embarrassment. And they're worried other people can tell how uncomfortable they are. Uh, you know, a, a person with avoidant personality disorder, they believe they're inferior. They're afraid that others won't like them. And so they're constantly avoid social situations due to concerns of other people. So once again, they have empathy. They have connectedness with people if they're avoidant. That's not a schizotypal or a schizoid personality. You know, um, if you look at the, the, the difference between schizotypal personality disorder and schizophrenia, they, they, they do have some correlation, and that is that they are odd and eccentric. They tend to be very uncomfortable with other people. They often have few close relationships. Yes, those are those they share. The people with the, the schizotypal, however, they, they basically avoid people because they're caught up in their own little world. And so they're suspicious of other people because other people don't carry their beliefs. They don't carry their perspectives. They think their belief in aliens or whatever, uh, whatever they're obsessed on, that they believe that no one really understands. So they have a different motivation than what you have with schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is just a reality-based disorder. It, it's They live in their own reality of the world. And no one else really understands it just them and so oftentimes with a schizophrenic they will believe they are god or the devil or both they have a tendency to believe that they own the world they that they are the power in the world and that there is no form of of law that will hold them accountable because they make the rules and that's exactly the way they, their their life is they make the rules and everyone else has to fall into it and that's why medication is so important with schizophrenia as opposed to a schizotypal. So schizotypals are not the same motivation of craziness as a schizophrenic. A schizophrenic is more genetic. It's more encompassed into who they are. And here's the interesting part about schizophrenia. Males generally come into schizophrenia itself, the diagnosis, Somewhere in the late teens, usually around 18 years old. Women, however, come into the schizophrenic uh, schizophrenia somewhere around 28 to 32. So they're late bloomers when they develop that diagnosis. Whereas with men, that, that usually comes forward. Now, this isn't for everybody. But it usually comes forward right in the late teens and all of a sudden what used to be this wonderful functional child becomes somebody somebody else. And it's not slow. It's usually fairly quick and progressive when schizophrenia kicks in. And sometimes it can be triggered by something environmental outside of them, an event or something like that. That can, that can also rush the diagnosis forward to where it becomes a part of who they are. So if you're going to, you know, recognize a personality disorder, it, it, it doesn't say you can't use online tools to determine whether you should seek help. But when it comes to personality disorders, people sometimes resist seeing doctors. So uh, you have to look at that. Do they have unusual behaviors that make it difficult to relate to other people? That's one. 
do are they have bouts of irregular alarming or alienating activity and once again we're talking about the category a's are they emotionally uh in uh, instable paired with intense personal relationships are they dramatic or overly uh, emotional and they display that aimed at drawing attention do they have fear of relationships or fear in life that justify their odd behaviors you know chronic avoidance anxiousness extreme shyness you know if you're going to help somebody with that you may uh, be you know you may be worried about them and getting angry at you if if you bring it up but the alternative is much worse some personality disorders come with the risk of suicide and self-harm others include risky behaviors that could land someone in jail you know once something someone realizes that their thoughts and behaviors are having a bad impact on their life you know a diagnosis is a way that can help them uh, work through it and change those challenges and alternate those challenges into something that's more functional and that is always the goal of therapy so when you're doing uh, any type of thought-based therapy with somebody that is huge you know it's also with teenagers and teens is you know be mindful you know of labels you know nobody wants to be defined by an illness you know you want to learn as much as you can so you can pass on the information instead of assumptions and focus on the feelings and the behaviors emphasize that they have a treatable condition if you're going to help somebody with that and stay positive by choosing words like challenges instead of problems uh, stay away from throwing the diagnosis in their face because that label is never going to help someone Labels like what are seen in the DSM-4 or 5 are there simply to help us find a way to treat the person in a more exacting and accurate way. And they're also there to help for medication, as I've said earlier. You know, there's a misconception that personality disorders are always permanent. Many times these problems can be diminished with the right treatment because they have a hard time getting outside of themselves. So, you know, the deal is that, that it's really possible to treat a personality disorder, but it's not going to be completely possible to be able to uh, help a person all the way heal. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. That's our show. Our audience, you know, continues to grow and grow all over the world. I'd love to hear from you. DRGBMFT at SCVCglobal.net or the Absurd Psychology webpage on Voice America Empowerment. Now, remember, be careful when someone says they used to be schizophrenic, but they're fine now. The other thing is, remember, schizophrenia can be like Congress. All of the voices in their head are constantly taking a vote. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 